0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. want to offer an official apology because I do not Oh. Wait a minute, I do, I do have a mug. I've got my, um, I kind of wish I didn't have a mug to show you today because I've got this mug, ready? Everything tastes better with cat hair in it. Now listen, I do not endorse this mug. I was given this mug. I don't even like cats, but it, it does hold coffee. And the Bible does say something about the inside of the mug is the most important part. So (laughs) there you have it, my friends, uh, my cat mug. Hey, we are in uh, Revelation chapter number eight, uh, if you want to find your place in your own Bible. And we are talking about the seven trumpets. Remember now, just for a frame of reference, when the seven seals were opened on that initial scroll. Remember Revelation chapter five? Jesus the Lamb was the only one found worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. The seventh seal introduces the seven trumpets. And in the seven trumpets, we've learned the first four trumpets all had to do with some kind of uh, ecological and therefore economic judgment upon earth. But then the last three are just horrific. And the Bible predicted that, that the last three would be woe, woe, and woe. And we looked at the first of those three, these locust-like creatures that emerged from the bottomless pit, that inflicted great pain upon human beings, insofar that they could, unbelievers, insofar that they could not kill, even, even escape by way of death. And yet, an opportunity for them to repent, to come to God. And we'll see a little bit about that today, how that these judgments that God is allowing in this great time of tribulation should serve as a reminder to God's people that God is in charge and that God is a God to be reckoned with and that God should be uh, recognized and people should repent and turn to him. And we're going to see an, another uh, example of that here in verse number 13. So uh, Revelation chapter 8. I'm sorry, did I say 8? Revelation chapter 9. I'm sorry about that. Revelation chapter 9 and verse number 13, uh, where the word of God says, and the sixth angel sounded. So he blew his trumpet. And uh, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God. So what is the golden altar before God? And again, yet another evidence that the tabernacle that Moses built back in Exodus was simply a, a model of what we see in the throne room of God, that the actual golden altar, in this case, the altar of incense that has four horn-like ornaments on the corners. So the the altar of incense is associated with the prayers of God's people. We've already talked about this. So the Bible says a voice comes out of this altar. And the Bible says in verse number 14, here's what the voice says, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So again, what we find in the tribulation period is we find a a much greater reality of the demonic world that is real today the angelic world that is real today but that we don't see we don't interact with with our senses and yet is just as real as the desk at which I'm sitting today but during the time of tribulation We're going to see these worlds kind of come together. People see them and see things. And the Bible says there are angels, in this case, I think fallen angels, bound, uh, limited in their scope at the river Euphrates. So Euphrates is a very significant river in the Bible. It was in the Fertile Crescent, the Tigris and Euphrates, that man was created. The Garden of Eden was somewhere there. That's where civilization began. That's where uh, the first murder took place. That's where the first uh, empire that was raised up against God, Nimrod, uh, took place. The Tower of Babel, all of that. And so Euphrates is a border uh, throughout the Bible. It it, it encompasses the edge of Israel's border. Uh, In some respects, the edge of the Roman Empire back in those days. And so Euphrates was a significant border. The Bible says there were four angels there bound, not able to do what they wanted to do, uh, not restricted in their movement, restricted in their ability to accomplish. And the Bible says that this angel sounded a trumpet that essentially unbound these four angels. And watch what happens in verse number 15, and the four angels were loosed which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year. In other words, God had the exact moment. He had the exact moment scheduled at which these uh, angels would, would be loosed and do their work. So there's a sense of God's power. They were bound, but now they're loosed. God is giving permission. And there's a sense of God's timing, the exact right time, right down to the exact hour of the day of the month of the year. That's the specificity of our great God. And it says in verse 15 that uh, that they were loosed for to slay the third part of men. Remember I said that these last three trumpets would be a woe, woe, and woe? Well, things have gone from bad to worse because in trumpet number five, we saw these hideous Bottomless cre- uh, pit creatures come and inflict pain upon uh, the people of the earth, the unbelievers. This great pain for five months, but they could not kill. But now God is allowing these angels to be unleashed. An army is going to be incited. And one third of the world's population is going to be killed. I mean, death will become the norm Watch what it says in verse number 16. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. That's 200 million. 200,000,000. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. And then that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of j- jacinth and Brimstone, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. Out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. Some would equate this as a human army. And this describes like tank warfare and uh, like the the blast that comes out of the, the tank's mouth. And verse number 18, For by these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were, well, let's stop there for a moment. So what what is this? Is this a, a physical human army of 200 million? Is that even possible? Uh, it's claimed that China, China itself claimed to have an army of 200 million. Is this possible, that an army of 200 million could be marching against the people of the earth and destroying one-third of the earth's population, a couple billion people? Is that possible? Well, certainly, if the Bible teaches it, it's possible. But are these actually men? We're not sure. Matter of fact, I, I kind of lean against it because where where the Bible describes them... It, it doesn't it doesn't fit it doesn't to me uh, it doesn't fit I and mean, we can make it kind of sorta uh relate to helicopters in the last episode or tanks here but it seems that these are angelic creatures and certainly in in the fifth trumpet these were demons that were released from hell and so why would we think any differently as the bible describes them in the, in this This way here in Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 19. Whoever they are, a human army that is demonically influenced, or a demonic army that is unleashed by and loosened by and allowed by God to attack, the end result is that the world is going to be decimated. In the sense that one-third of the world's population, on top of all of the other death and starvation and disease and uh, interfighting among themselves. I mean, these are incredibly uh, dark days for, for mankind. And all of this should be a reminder to the people of the earth that there's a God. And God is allowing; He's kind of rolling back the uh, the the curtain a bit and showing mankind that there's a world beyond this world, and there are, are there are powers beyond this world, uh, and you 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 need to uh, repent and, and and trust God and, and receive His protection. I mean, th- this is the message, and yet they see they seem not to be getting it because watch what happens in verse number twenty. And the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. So the real issue here is, in spite of seeing my cousin die, in spite of seeing my family get killed, in spite of the mass destruction and death that's happening all around me, I still don't trust God. I'm still clinging to my false hope. I'm still clinging to my false God. I'm still clinging to whatever my faith has been uh, misappropriated in. How sad. How sad that even the demonstrable judgment of God is not causing people to repent. Even the demonstrable judgment of God is not causing people to loosen their faith in what cannot help them and place their faith in their only hope, the God of gods. They've they've seen that the ones with the seal of God upon them have not been harmed by these locusts in the last trumpet They've seen that God has offered protection for his people. And yet it seems as if all of these events are just making mankind more and more rebellious. They are more and more revealing the sin that is so evident in their hearts. Look at verse number 21. Neither, last verse of the chapter, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. So all the evil things they're doing, even in the midst of all this, you know, all of the ways by which they're, they're treating each other with, with hatred. Think about that. Murder, taking another life. Uh, sorceries. Uh, some would equate that even with drug use and the drug trade. Uh, fornication, thefts. You know, all of these sins that, that, that affect one's own soul but are a sin against other people, they're not repenting. They're not seeing that these judgments are deserved and yet the judgments themselves are a loud megaphone to say, repent, there is hope, there is God. Why would you fight against this God? Why would you not submit to this God? And yet knowing and seeing God, they don't ascribe to him his godness. It, it, it really reminds me of Revelation, uh, not Revelation, but Romans chapter 1. Uh, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. These are foolish men in the future that will see the mighty hand of God controlling every aspect of economy, ecology, life, and death, even seeing these demonic beings. And none of it, none of it is going to convince them that God is God and they are sinners and they as sinners need to repent in front of a holy God. They need desperately the gospel grace of Jesus Christ. Such is the hardness of men. So my encouragement to you today is, wow, you know, God has been good. God has been gracious. You and I will not see this day, not, not at least from the standpoint of experience, but knowing that this day will come, what a, an incentive for us to redouble our efforts, to get the gospel out, to pray for lost sinners, to have compassion upon the lost while there's time to make a difference. God bless you, my friends. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next episode. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.